All right, uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take a look at James. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we are here. Lord God, I just ask now that you would, as James talks about, provide wisdom for us as we are studying your word. Lord, I pray that you would guide us into truth. I pray that your word would be alive for us today like you tell us that it is. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this morning as we hear these things. If there are things that we need to adjust or change in our thinking or if there are aspects of our obedience that need to be adjusted or or started, Lord, I pray that you would help us to do those things this result of studying your word. Pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. Um, Before I start, uh, I just want to point out now, if you've been here for a long time, you know my love of one particular commentator named, and I can't say his name normally, Ben Ben Witherington the Third, right? I love Ben Witherington the Third, and uh, I don't know why, but I just love his commentaries. They always have to do uh, most of them, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what this word means, but every single one of his commentaries are a socio-rhetorical commentary. Uh, don't know what that means exactly. I could guess, but uh, even when I guess, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I have an idea. And I found one. I wish I would have had this years ago when I preached through James. I hadn't, I hadn't met Ben Witherington III yet. And, um, so, but I found one for James, Hebrews, James, and Jude. And uh, so I was so excited. I ordered it. It finally came in. Either It was either yesterday or the day before. So I haven't had a chance to dig into it yet, but uh, um, I was reading it just this morning. Actually, I was reading it just a few minutes ago to go, I wonder what he says about that, because I hadn't had a chance to see what he says about these things right now. I'd like to share a quote that he shared, because I think it's valuable for as we look into our next part. If you remember back to James, uh, we started off, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. It says, Greetings. Then he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. He shares this quote, um, because we're going to talk about uh, something else here in just a minute about this double-minded man who's a doubter and unstable, okay? So we're going to get to that in just a minute. But um, this quote says... um, The author then concludes his description of this doubter with strong condemnation, his divided mind. And then listen to this. This kind of ties these things together. When it comes to trusting God, right, uh, his divided mind, when it comes to trusting God, indicates a basic disloyalty toward God. Rather than being a single-minded lover of God, he is one whose character and conduct is unstable, even hypocritical. And... uh, it's this concept that we're not to take these, these things that James says lightly, okay? And uh, I was looking for the other one that I had in here. Uh, it says, the content of James's first exhortation is scarcely reducible to a moral truism. If you're like, what was he talking about? Get this. In other words, cheer up. Trials and sufferings are good for you. We can't reduce it down to simply that. There's something bigger at play here. Does that make sense? This is not meant to be uh, a don't worry, be happy. (laughs) This is not meant to be, oh, it's okay. It's not meant to be any of those things. There's something deep at play in us. And what I like about that is that 
if, if you've ever gone through difficult things, which is probably every single one of us, those shallow cheer-up things, if you've got your brain on, those don't work, do they? Now, if, you're, if your brain is not on, that might work for a little bit. But if your brain is on and you are thinking the cheer up, right? The smile and the, hey, right? That doesn't really work because things really are hard. And just having a positive outlook doesn't really change anything. And so what James is talking about when he says count it all joy or consider it joy, think about it as joy, it's not that. Okay, and so I think that this then ties in, and this is why already reading this, I was like, oh yeah, this is so good, because already it's starting to tie together that James is not just this book of random sayings that are disconnected, there might actually be a connection here. So think about that first part, and then let's look into this. So counting it all joy, my brothers, that was what we had last time. So now we're going to read verses 5 through 8. Think about counting things as joy as we hear what James says next. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But to let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm. That's a hard thing, isn't it? I think it's hard because we all feel like doubters, don't we? Okay? I don't think that that feel of doubt is what we're going to battle with when it says don't doubt. Okay? I, I don't think... I think in some ways there are times where because we are living in this flesh and we're at war with our members, as Paul talks about, Paul the Apostle, right? He says we're at war. Even in our members, I, can, I see this war raging within me against this flesh and what the Spirit has done. I don't think that it's, we're going to be able to drive out entirely that fleshly side that wants to doubt. Okay? So don't lose heart. I think that God has something for us here. Okay, so let's take a look at uh, your paper there, and let's try to answer some questions because instead of me just giving it to you each week, we're going to do this where let's, let's work through it ourselves. I'd like to encourage you, as I did last week, don't wait till Sunday morning during Sunday school to hear James. Maybe through the week, pick it up and read it, and maybe even, I mean, you could sit down and read through the entire book every day if you wanted to, or you read it one chapter a day through the week, Monday through Friday. I mean, just so it's in your head, the more you hear it, right, the more this will be beneficial to you when we come together. All right, so in just James 5 through 8, feel free to go back to the first part, but just in James 5 through 8, let's look for God's character, who he is and what he is like. What do you see in James 5 through 8 of God's character, who he is and what he is like? He's a giver, right? He is a giver of things. And in connection with the idea of giving, what does, it say, what does James specifically say about him? 
What is he? Generous. He's generous. Have you ever walked through life and felt like God wasn't being generous with you? Or maybe you were like, God, it feels like you're being generous with the trials. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself, though, uh, at the same time, I always, I can't, when I think about asking God for things, I always have a little bit of, you guys ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Um, Reptevia. One of my favorite lines in that is when he's, he's walking the cart, the, the, his horse or donkey or whatever is lame, it can't, so he's pulling his own cart, and he says, Lord, if money is the world's curse, may you strike me with it, may I never recover. I always think about that, and I've, I've had a few times where I turned into Reptevia in the middle of like a car breakdown or something like that, which I know the Greenhalls have experienced in the last week, some car breakdowns, uh, but I've had those times like, oh, why can't you be generous with these things, Lord? You know, and then I want to dance or something. But uh, uh, this, the, the thing is, God is generous with good gifts. And Paul, James is actually going to talk about that again later in this chapter. He's the generous, good gift giver. Okay, good. What else do we get about God's character here? You see anything else? I don't want to stretch you. There's one that Paul mentioned. I don't know if he's going to point it out. The, without, the right after gives generously without reproach. You, you've talked about that before. Tell us about that. Yeah. Reproach is an expression of disapproval or disappointment. He can't help it. Um, yeah, not stingy. I, I want to throw in something else here. Now, I'm not for sure. I may need your help to look because I just found this one about one minute before I started teaching when I was looking through this. Um, if you could look up the, do you have a, where you can look up what the Greek word is? Which, which Greek word is the word, um, it's translated, or the Greek word is H-A-P-L-O-S, haplos? Is that the generous? Is it the without reproach? If you could look it up while he's looking it up. Um, while he's looking it up. Any, anybody else? Yeah. When it says he, he gives, you know, no doubting, it's somehow connected with how much he has. Mm. I, I don't know where, like, here it says, you know, he gives according to that, but then when Jesus is in his hometown, he says he, he can't do any miracles because there's no... Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's a great question. I I want to cautiously answer that. My first thought on that, but I I think that that one might deserve a little bit more digging. Um, I think that probably both those things are true. Couldn't. It, 
not to mean that, oh man, I'm really trying and I can't, but couldn't because that's because what we're seeing right here, right? Because when this is not there, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to do these things. Um, that would be my first, you know, thought on that. But I think I'd like to dig into that in a little bit more. That's a great question. That's a good pizza day question. Um, anything else you see about God's character? Let's uh, shift into the, did you find it? Which one is? Is the generous. Okay, so um, uh, Ben Witherington third um, says that uh, hoplos, I can't help myself, I don't know. Um, can be rendered in a variety of ways without hesitation, singly or simply. Uh, he points out, and this is why I love commentaries like this, because this is something I never would have picked up on on my own. The, the, it's only you, this word is only used, he said, here in the New Testament, at least this form of it, I guess. Um, and he said, it also carries with it the idea of plainly or simply, even carrying along with it that singleness. And it actually contrasts, and I think this goes along with what you said afterward, without reproach, it contrasts where we are. Not double-minded like us, but single-minded, God is generous, single-mindedly. Isn't that really cool to think about? Like there's, there's this kind of, and, and in fact, part of this wisdom that he's imparting is pulling us into that single-mindedness to be more like him. Yeah. Mm. So that's sort of triple-minded if you don't really know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting that um, I, being one person, have trouble with being double-minded. God, being three, has no trouble at all. With oh, that. yeah. Interesting. It is an interesting... That's, yeah. He's, he's single... Even though it's Father, Son, and Spirit, there's a singleness of mind and purpose and all those things. Um, when we get to that double-minded, the Greek word that's there is, you'll recognize the second half of it is where we get the word psyche, P-S-Y-C-H, right? Like our psyche, our mind, and it's die, like two, two psyches going on in here. Don't be that way. Okay. All right. Uh, God's conduct, I think we've kind of covered some of these. It, since he's a giver, he actually gives, right? What does he do? He's giving things. Right? He's giving wisdom. Um, let's answer the next one, though. And you can always, if I move past the question and you had something you're going to say, always feel free to go back. God's concerns with things, events, people. What's he concerned about? So when you read this and you ask yourself, what is God concerned? In, in this passage so far, what, what is, if we said, what is God's concern that we could try to decipher? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. We need wisdom. He knows it. And he goes, I got it. I want to give it to you. <laughs> uh, think about that wisdom in, in connection with the going through trials. Maybe part of what James is getting at here is that if he says count it all joy, one of the things we might need in order to do that might be what? Wisdom. Maybe seeing things the way God has called us to see it. Maybe the reason why it's difficult for us to encounter a trial and go, yippee skippy, is because maybe we're seeing it wrong. Maybe there's, and not that we should say yippee skippy, but, but maybe there's a, in this thing, maybe there's, we need to see things and we're, we ought to be praying, God, I'm, I'm not counting this, I'm not considering this joy 
right now. You told me to, so I want to try to do that. I'm missing a piece of this puzzle. What's the piece I might be missing? Wisdom. God's wisdom. And he wants to give that to you so that you can then, in this context, count it all joy. Right? Um, Anybody else? uh, God's concerns here. That is so good. That is what I had written down too. Yeah, he he wants a, he doesn't want us to be like a wave tossed. Right? That's not his his goal. Part of and part of him offering wisdom when then I go, this is where I'll be honest, it, my I, I have trouble understanding the cart and the horse in this context. I feel like I need the wisdom to be stable. But in this verse, it's telling me to be stable, to ask so that I can get wisdom. And there's probably some (laughs) of both at play here. I'm not even going to try to figure out entirely. But what I can walk away from is that he doesn't want me to be that way. And, And he wants me to come to him and ask, right, for wisdom. And then when I find myself within myself a doubting of that, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be that way, and I know you don't want me to be that way. Lord, help me to be single-minded, like asking you for wisdom and wanting your wisdom. And I want to see the world the way you want me to see it, and I want to see this world the way you would see this world. Anybody else? Yeah. And, uh, I think joy comes with maturity, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder when I'm going to get there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, endurance, I think, you know, I was just saying to the kids, and there's a lot of people underground who talk different from Danny. <laughs> and I just have to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Look for an opportunity to encourage. But and, uh, we'll pray for you while you're living with the mole men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the world, in the world's wisdom, does not see life to be counted as joy the way God is saying counted as joy. There's something different, right? Does the world offer a version of that? I think so. I think it tries to. I think that that's what what is Bobby McFerrin is saying. Don't worry, be happy. Like there's a, you know, hey, you know, that's not what God is doing here. Um, all right, let's hit, let's hit some in the next one. What do we learn about people? I think some of these we're going to repeat ourselves, but uh, I think let's, let's answer them. Aspects of what it means to be created in God's image, and I want you to look at both A and B at the same time. Try to, try to not get to C yet. Look how God's people should live, okay? But what do you see about what it means to be created in God's image, and what do we see about our fallen condition here? And some of these might be real obvious. Don't be afraid to say those. Anybody? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? What else? What else do you see? We doubt. we doubt. That's speaking in our fallen condition, right? What else do you see? Instability. 
waves on the sea, waves on the sand, right? Waves in the wind. See a lot of those aspects. What do you see of our, the fact that we're created in the image of God? That's a hard, maybe a harder one to answer with this passage. Anybody see anything? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay, there, there's a, the, the fact that he says ask for this, and I, I give generously, there's an implication there that we can receive it and have God's wisdom. It's good. I like that. Anybody else? All right. This one may be a lot easier because it's James is always very clear in what here's what you should do. So let's talk about just the obvious ones in this text. Let's try not to miss any. What, what things could we say, this is something we should be doing? This is how we ought to be living. Just say it if you got one in your head. Should have joy, right, from verse 2. Consider it joy, count it joy. Should be asking. Ooh, that's good, I like that. We should be, that's something we should be doing. We should be asking of God, going to the giver. Anybody else? Should believe, right? Okay, we're going to start hitting all those. It feels like the Sunday school, typical Sunday school answers, right? We should have faith in Jesus. Yes, yes, actually, yes. Right? What else do you see in there? How about some don'ts? What don'ts do you see? Verse 6. Don't doubt. Mm. As if he's holding back yeah so it's not so if, it's not going to be that's good I hadn't thought about that it's not going to be that God is not generous if there's a problem here where's the problem at us according to James yeah oh Oh. Ah. That's that's interesting. Yeah, because he says that person, so that this a doubting person, that person shouldn't suppose that he will get anything from the Lord. Hmm. Mm. And not to think, you know, at the bottom of the hymn that is tempting you, that he wants you to fall suspect in these trials. Mm -hmm. These trials are just a necessary mm. part of the process. Yeah, I like that. Anybody else? You actually be happy because you're going to come out. You know what I mean? When you mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, imagine going through life, right? You're going through life, when the trial hits, and they do, don't they? There's probably some lined up for you this week, like dominoes. They're just, just waiting for you. As soon as you step into Monday, kink, 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 boom, it's going to hit you, right? They're lined up waiting for you. 
if we face a trial and we're like, this is terrible. It doesn't mean it's not terrible. There, there are terrible things that happen, right? I mean, there, there are things that happen that are terrible, horrible. James doesn't say, pretend like it's good. He says, count or consider this a joy because there's something that God is doing in this. So you're kind of like, oh, I, I can't, I'm not counting this joy. And I think what Mark is saying, that this, this is then, there's that prompting then, if I'm having trouble counting this joy, there's that prompting then, if we're going to follow what James is talking about, to then in that, get on our knees and say, Lord, I need wisdom. Right? I need wisdom. And, and there's, if nothing else in that moment, we can clearly say, God, if nothing else, God is wanting us to call upon him in the middle of this time. Right? Kevin, did you start to say something? Mm-hmm. Just because they think they're not getting it, that might not be what they need for later on. I mean, Absolutely. No, I like that uh, because there's there's sometimes where there's things that we might ask for and we, we don't get those things. And James is actually going to talk about that later in James, the person who asks and doesn't receive, and he talks about those things. But in this particular context, wisdom is one of those things that he promises to give. Right? He's a generous giver. He's never going to withhold wisdom except for in the mind of the doubter, the double-minded person. I think that if we play that out in a more realistic way, if I, in the middle of a trial, go, guess I should be asking for wisdom, God. Should I expect to get wisdom in that moment? No. Let's not overcomplicate it like it's some mysterious thing. I think that simply put, if you're coming to him and you're like, sure, I should be asking for wisdom. Do what you want or will. But the reality is you got like, I don't want it. I don't want to see this the right way. I want you to cut it out. Should that person expect or supposed to receive anything from him? No. Right? Okay, um, how about the next one here? And feel free to go back again, go back. Uh, read, okay, where are you Over there, number three. What do we learn about relating to God? And it says, look for things to praise and thank God for. So let's actually do this a little bit here. What are some things? Now, we can go two routes here. We can be general, so I might say, I think we could praise God for the fact that he's a generous God. Okay? I'm going to get a couple, and then we're gonna, I'm going to pray it. Okay? So let's, there's, there's one. I, I think that's a great one. We could also be more specific, uh, things that we could thank God for. I hate to keep pulling out the greenhouses. It's just I know what happened to you. I know this last week you had some car issues. And I'll, I'll let you tell the, the short version, um, if you would, just tell, so everybody else knows. I know that everybody gets to hear second night, I went to work. I got a flat tire in the rain. <laughs> it was this giant piece of metal that was not sharp. 
but it had been forced all the way through the tire and <laughs> rattling around inside of it. So it was, a, it was definitely a Satan piece of metal. <laughs> That seems impossible to me. I've never seen you without a pair of pliers. Let's, let's start with just those two things. One, God, in general, you're generous bestowing wisdom, but I want to thank God for what he did this week. And I think a couple things I hear in there. One, did you hear what he said about 19 years ago it would have been, but, I, but he knows that his better reaction to this than would have happened 19 years ago. Is that just because he's, he's grown? That's involved but where does the thankfulness go to about that change? Back to God. That generous God has been giving to him, right? Do you see how that works? So let's, I just, I hope you guys think this is great because I, I think we should just, let's praise him for those two things. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you are a generous God, that you have promised that you would be generous in giving and granting wisdom. Lord, I thank you that you were with the Greenhalls this week and all of their car troubles, the trials that they faced. Lord, I thank you that you were there and you were present and you got them through this week. I thank you for all the little things from finding the right jack to finding the right tool that uh, he needed to finding a ride to finding a, a replacement tire. Lord, all those little things, Lord, you are a God that gives good gifts. Lord, I thank you for our growth. And Lord, I pray that as we hear those things and think about your word, Lord, that we would recognize our own need to continue to grow and to ask for wisdom. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, what else? What else uh, that we can be thankful for? 
Let me read the question again. Oh, go ahead. Really, Satan? And let's, as you're thinking, is there anything else you can think to be thankful for that we can just take a moment to praise God? And if you wanted to get into that next one, and I don't know how comfortable you are being open and honest about it, but maybe even this last week, maybe you had a time where you were like, I had this trial come and I didn't count it as joy. I was just mad. And maybe even sitting here right now, you're going, Lord, I'm just so sorry for that. Help me this next week as I face these things, and maybe even right now as I'm thinking about it, considering even though it's something that happened five days ago, uh, help me to count it joy right now. So feel free to share on your comfort level what you want to share with those things. Anybody have any, any other things to just thank God for specifically? Or something you go, man, I was struggling this week with that. Yeah. Let me expand that. Anybody else, maybe if you, you don't want to say specifically, but anybody else ever have something where you prayed and prayed and prayed about it and then God answered it not by changing the situation but by changing you? Anybody else just with a raise of hand, I've had something like that happen? Yeah, almost everybody. Yeah, that, that's great. We'll, we'll praise God for that one. Anybody else have something you want to share? Yeah. Anybody else? Well, let's hit, oh, my computer went off. Let's look for that next one, and I think I'm about out of time. We're getting close. This one, we're going to have some repeats, but let's think about them in terms of promises.
promises and truths to believe. There's a lot of things about what we're going through that are unsure that the Bible doesn't talk specifically about. Does the Bible say anything about flat tires? No. Does the Bible say anything about buses? No. Does the Bible say anything about annoying uh, co-workers? No. Um, well, maybe. There might be one in there about that one. Um, but there are some really solid things we can pull just from this text. What are some solid promises we can pull from this text? While you're, th- please try to think about that. I wanted to, sh- I almost forgot I was going to share my own. That every once in a while I'll have, I'll have weeks. I mean, I, this is, I'm finishing off, I'm rounding off my 23rd year in education. And there, there, are, there are days and weeks sometimes where I have where, like, when you, I don't want to be mean, but when you've heard the same dumb question every year, there's an endurance that's needed. I mean, imagine, I know that all of us have jobs where, like, you, you're restarting this thing and restarting this thing, but as a teacher, you work through this thing and you complete it taught geometry this year and then you get done with the end of the year and you go now i'm going to start all over with a whole new set of people and there there are times and i know we all could could describe things like that in our own jobs but that's that's mine I, as a teacher you're like every year re oh man how to explain this chapter again on angles oh. and there's times the the laziness of kids or in the or the lack of work not that every single one of them is like that but trying to to motivate and trying to get them to do it and having the ones that just don't and I've, I had one of those weeks this week where I had a couple of days where I was like walked into the school and I just went am I still here why am I here <laughs> like why why am I here Mr. Greenhall got to go work in a mine why am I stuck here with these kids and uh you have, I had the, one of those weeks, a couple of days where I just, oh, and God, I made it through. I made it through. And, uh, I had, but I had a lot of times this week where I was like, Lord, give me patience and endurance. Help me. I mean, there's times where I'm walking in to the building and I'm just saying, Lord, uh, it's especially the, the longer I do it, the more challenging it gets, not just because I get older and more tired, but also because there, there's a real darkness in our world, and it's very evident in the youth of this world. There's a lot of very dark things, and it's, it can be overwhelming, and, uh, but God has got me through. But anyway, what are some promises and truths to believe in the middle of that? For you, for me, what are some things? Now, let's repeat. Feel free to repeat these things. We've already said some of them. What are they? Mm. Yeah, there, th- yeah. I, I like that thought because there's a specifically a design to what God is doing with the trial, right? Trial is going to produce you not being flim-flam but steadfast, right? That's one of the purposes that is in that trial. We don't have to try to imagine what ministry is God going to develop because I went, no, he's trying to make you steadfast, right? If nothing else. And that steadfastness, that endurance is going to have a complete work. God is bringing you to this level, that word perfect or complete 
also can be translated maturity. Like he's bringing to you this state. He's growing you as a Christian. He's growing you as a child of God. So that like what Mr. Greenhouse was talking about or what a lot of us talk about is that there are things that we used to, when we used to face those things, it was devastating. And God's looking to bring you to a place where you, those things happen and you're going to go, Satan, nice try. I know this one, you know, and you're, you're good. Where does that come from? That comes from what God is doing in you. Anybody else? Promises. He gives wisdom. He's generous. And he gives wisdom. He's a giver of wisdom. He has wisdom. He gives wisdom. You can get wisdom. It's not out of reach. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's good. He's not just a big clockmaker that wound up the world and psh, there you go. He's, he's present and involved in our lives individually and he's working out something in you. Right? Not just the big picture, the little picture of you. Anybody else? Um... Let's do this one. What do we learn about relating to others? I'm going to throw one in there. How, how should we interact and treat others? Ways to pursue reconciliation with others, specific ways to love, serve, and care for others. I want to hit specifically that first one, interacting with others, and maybe the last one there. If, if these things are true, if you see somebody going through trial, let me t- I, I did this last week. I want to do it again. Um, uh, a way not to do this, right? See somebody going through a trial, and they're like, oh, I mean, uh, Kathy's going through a bus trial. <laughs> if I, was, I mean, if I just went, well, grow up and get some wisdom, that would be terrible, <laughs> right? That is not how we do that uh, at all. If you see somebody going through a heartbreak trial, you did, well, you know, you need to count it joy. I mean, there's a timing element involved here. And sometimes just coming along beside the person and praying for them and saying, Lord, I, I, they're in this, you know, and helping voice those words that you know that they need to be, Lord, I know that, it, and, and, and enter into what the people are going through, right? Enter into those things. I think the way Christ, what did he do? He left, he entered into humanity, he, he walked this earth, he entered into the life of a human being to experience all these things. We can very much in the same way do those things. And it's actually a little bit easier for us to do it because he came, I mean, the drastic, we're down here already. And we, not a one of us is exempt from think, having gone through things in this life. And so enter into those things. But anything else? Because I think I'm out of time here. Oh, yeah, I'm getting the look. Um, any last thing before I close in prayer? Yeah, pray, right? God is a good God. Let's, I'm going to close and then... We'll be done. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you are a good, generous God. I pray this week that you would help not a one of us to be unstable, to be double-minded. Lord, help us to be single-minded. And Lord, if we feel that double-mindedness, Lord, I ask that you'd help us to repent of that and just turn to you and say, Lord, please give us the wisdom to see this rightly. Help us to grow in those things. Help us to become steadfast. I pray that that steadfastness would have its perfect, complete work in each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that by the end of the week, we would be better than we are today. Lord, help us to continue that process for the rest of our lives. 
Lord, help us to grow closer and closer to you. I pray these things now in Christ's name. Amen.